0: It, the technology has been around for a long time now with the fact that it's democratized and put into such a small form factor, I think it's the really, like really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: I had no idea. Wow. Um, I thought it was like something that was invented, you know, in January before the <laughs> pandemic. That's <laughs> easy. Yeah, I mean- Hey, Dan. Hey, George. What uh, what are we chatting about today? Toys. Specifically, Ooh, I love toys. I mean, the holiday season's
2: close, so why not talk about
1: the new iPhone? We yeah. got it. We got it. We have the, it. The iPhone 12. I have the Pro. You have the Pro? I do. The,
2: the Pacific Blue. It's do you remember that show on color. USA? I think it was Pac Blue. They were bike cops. No. USA. Anyone? No? No? Uh -uh. Okay, Uh, it wasn't very good, but (laughs) whenever I saw that color, I thought it just reminded me of that show.
1: (laughs) Well, we're a little bit late to the game. We're definitely not a um, like first release, tell you all the specs. That's not what this is about, Um, but we thought it was an important moment, and we Mm -hmm. should probably um, chat about it. October 13th, I think it was October 13th, Yep. Yeah, October thirteenth was the Apple event. We got a few devices. We got a few new things. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. the new form factor of the iPhone family mm-hmm. is back to the iPhone six, five, five, six. I think. I think it's the six. Yeah. Either way, it's a, it's one awesome. of the early generations, it was a better design. I never Without liked not, never liked the rounded sides. Yeah, um, and it's super strong. I was watching some channels that were talking about trying to bend it. Mm-hmm. And it can't bend this one. You could bend the old one. Mm-hmm. That's not, again, we're not talking about that stuff. Um, <laughs> Want to cover real quick, iPhone 12 was released, the 12 mini, the 12 Pro, and the Pro Max, which was basically just a phablet. It's you know, a phablet. Mm-hmm. It's a giant, small tablet that we call a phone yep home pod mini i don't like it i'm just gonna say it it's pretty it's what an object have, yeah what just real quick what have you read about that i mean it's exactly it's basically- the same thing as, as their old one just a little okay. bit smaller there's no screen it still uses siri which we all know isn't great <sighs> she's is just better. not intelligent it's just a thing, okay? So right. we've got opinions. Again, that's not yeah, that's what this right. podcast is about. That's right. If, We're you, gonna you, keep if we want to do an
2: op-ed, we can do that later. But That's right. right now, we so no keep-
1: big surprises. Everything they released is exactly what we expected. Except, well, we didn't think it might be coming, but they did add it to the iPhone. Mm-hmm. They added LiDAR. LiDAR. Which, Which just sounds like Star Trek or, like, <laughs> um, you know, the exact Star Wars. Thing. I was gonna say it sounds like a moon or a planet
2: in the yeah. galaxy in Star Wars. LIDAR. So
1: true, so yeah. true. Now, to be fair, they had added LIDAR to the iPad Pro back in, I think, like was April. it April? Yeah, mm-hmm. earlier in the year mm-hmm. in one of the previous events. Um, and you know, in the last event, we got um, some updates to the iPad, the, the Apple um, Watch Series Six, which mm-hmm. of course my bu- my mom, my wife, my kids' mom, my <laughs> my my <laughs> the mother wife, of my children, yes, she <laughs> bought the five. Of course, like three days before the six came out, um, as <gasps> one, as, one does, as uh, one does. I've Done that before? What did I do? I think I did that with the AirPods. iPads. We got our iPads. That was right. It was iPads. So disappointing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and a few different subscription things. But I want to I go back. We now have this thing called LiDAR. I got to be honest, I had no idea what LiDAR was mm-hmm. or why it was important. I remember hearing it a little bit with some like autonomous vehicle stuff, but I didn't know what mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. So I thought we'd bring in a our own resident, um, you know, future technology, emerging mm-hmm. tech, creative technologist. Guru, smartest person in this call,
2: mm-hmm, by far. He's
1: already here. CK, welcome to People of Product. How are you?
0: What's up, guys? Good to be here.
1: Hey, CK, and also the smoothest, most chill voice out of anyone we've had on the podcast. I think. We'll give him a try. Yeah, yeah. He's made some great videos, especially early days of the the pandemic. Was mm-hmm. so good. I would just, I felt all comfy and. Cozy with him, I like it. That's right. So just lean
2: back in your chair and just
1: listen. (laughs) This is like the delicious dish. Anyways, (laughs) so CK, take us take us to a place of understanding. What the
0: heck is lidar, and why should we care?
2: Make George and I smarter,
0: please. Maybe some people that are listening. Yeah, Yeah. we'll give it a try. Um, So lidar, in its simplest form, you know, it's light detection and ranging. It's similar to Radar similar to uh, the way you would scan an environment for information about depth, but mm. instead of doing it in either a wave or a single uh, beam, like a focused beam, right? You're actually doing it with you know hundreds of thousands of tiny pulses of light. Wow! And you're getting individual what they call a point cloud back, and that's giving you basically a but like if you took a laser rangefinder and just did it you know hundreds of thousands of times around a room, that's like the really high-end ones that they use for architecture and things like Mm -hmm. that, that's what you're getting out of it is this Mm. point cloud that then computes to... If you have a a dense enough point cloud, then you can derive depth and you can actually model a scene just by using the different distances to compute uh, how far away something is. So I'm standing
1: in my room. I'm holding up my iPhone 12 Pro, which the Pro is the only one that has the actual LiDAR Mm -hmm. camera on it. If I'm using an app that utilizes LIDAR, it's actually beaming out a thousands of little lasers into the room, and those are bouncing back at my phone, and it's measuring the distance
0: of each of those? Yeah, I mean, the, the technology has been around since the late 30s, so 1930s. What? Yeah, so in, in 1938, uh, they used light pulses to determine the height of clouds, and then, and that was before the actual laser was invented, right? So the laser hmm. was, wasn't wow. invented until the 60s. And that's when they were done um, using an airplane to do that kind of same calculation, but with more fidelity. So, like, it, the technology has been around for a long time. Now, the fact that it's democratized and put into such a small form factor, I think is the really, like, really interesting stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Wow. Um, I thought it was, like, something that was invented you know, in January before the <laughs> pandemic. That's easy. Yeah, I mean, you,
2: you just mentioned the thirties. I mean, that's the dust bowl, CK. I mean, come on now.
1: Mm-hmm. That's incredible. <laughs> Might as well. That's yeah. incredible. Okay.
2: So just for my understanding, so like George said, I can scan a room. So I have an app. I think it's like a, just to play with it, it's like a space design, furniture design app. And what it's doing is it's sending all of those light pulses, hundreds and hundreds of thousands around the room to get, basically the depth and the 3d of my space, and then it can put furniture in different areas. Is that essentially what it's doing?
0: Yeah. And you know, the fidelity of the laser on the iPhone or the iPad pro, the 2020 version um, is probably going to be different as far as its fidelity, as you would get from like a commercial um, scanner. So that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of places will use. Like if you want to do a building remodel or uh, there's, I know there's a company here in town that had someone come in and do like a full scan of their lobby so they could re-envision it. Yeah. And there's some really interesting technology. Once you know, once you can create a physical representation of a space in 3D, then the sky's the limit. There's actually a company in the, the demo that they did for the iPhone 12 where there's this company that used to do these kind of fabricated cardboard models. Did you guys see that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah where they could literally like they cut out basically the equivalent of what the piece of furniture would be or Mm -hmm. the machine that would be. And then they'll place it in a big empty room to kind of model the space.
0: Mm. Yeah. And it's a really expensive process, even only using cardboard, it's still something that you have to fabricate the pieces. You have to move them, Mm -hmm. you have to change them, you know, and they were, they found that even with that relatively inexpensive material, The time and the cost and everything was still somewhat prohibitive for some of their clients. Well, now they can do a high end, like a, they could have used a high end scanner before. Now they have it on their phone and they can take a scan of a client space and then go back and actually, or even right there, start digitally placing furniture like you're describing, Dan, and it just it completely changes the game when you have it in your pocket i think that's what everybody's coming to realize
1: now previously we had ar ar kit has been out for a while and spark and what's um ar core for yeah ar core we've had these but they've been primarily based off of an image recognition right so it's creating a plane primarily creating a plane where it says i know i can i can roughly guess where the floor is Much beyond that, it didn't do a great job of knowing where walls were, where objects were in the space. And because of that, like if you were playing, I don't know, Pokemon Go or something, the little Pokemons you're trying to catch are like through the room. They're not in the space because it didn't actually know the physical makeup of the space. It just knew that you were on a plane, Mm -hmm. correct? So now with LiDAR, now we can have a sense of I actually know the corner of the room is, is 12 feet away. The other corner of the room is only six feet away. Like I can, I can create newer planes and objects in the space.
0: Yeah. Did you guys ever play with the, uh, the AR like measuring, measuring? Yeah. 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 For sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that is just using image recognition to, and then, you know, it knows a little bit about where you are based on the gyroscope and your physical orientation. They can trigger into GPS and other things if they had to, but like you're, you're essentially doing a best guess. It's pretty accurate, but you're mm-hmm. kind of doing a best guess. Well, in this case, you're actually able to get like a laser range finder level of accuracy. Mm-hmm. And so even mm-hmm. if you were to use like a measuring stick, right, you're, you're still knowing like precisely the distance between that point and that point. And so you can compute those values a lot better Mm -hmm. and you can do these really fun things like you're describing, which is occlusion to where you're actually blocking an object with another object. And I'm holding my hand up in front of the camera, but we're audio only. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. my, My hand obscures this webcam feed and because my brain knows that that is my hand, it is blocking the light information. You know, it's actually blocking light information coming from the camera, right? So like my brain knows to do that, but a camera doesn't because everything's a flat plane. Hmm. And so now that we actually have depth information, it's really going to change specifically the augmented reality space. Wow.
1: So here's why I'm really excited about this. Do you remember when the magic leap came out or I shouldn't even say it came out. It hadn't come out. They raised like a billion dollars and had like a thousand thousand employees and they didn't have anything, but they put out that video Mm -hmm. and there was this really like crazy video of everything that they're, they're, Augmented reality glasses would be able to do. But what was crazy was I remember watching it going, I, I used to play with 3D modeling back in college. I had no idea how they were going to do it because they showed this whale like jumping mm-hmm. out of a, a, like a gym, but then it went behind the risers. And all I could think was like, cool whale. It has no idea that those risers are there. Mm-hmm. Like right. the risers aren't an object that we can detect right now. And mm-hmm. so nothing can go behind something in the real world space. So I know how this is gonna play out. That whale's mm-hmm. gonna be there. It's gonna jump out of the floor and it's just gonna go into the wall, right? right. It's not real. It doesn't understand. Now with LIDAR, mm-hmm. in theory, we can know the space. Yep. Mm. It's yeah.
2: really because- cool. There's things blocking the light at different intervals of distances, right. and so using that, it can create that 3D space. Yeah, interesting. and it's
0: it's interesting. You uh, you know, y'all mentioned uh, automotive in the intro, <laughs> and how uh, Elon Musk is now famously quoted as saying that lidar was a is a terrible investment for automotive because you need level four and five autonomy and stuff like that. And it's just funny how regardless of which application gets used at which time, or you know, the application of these technologies. You can look at LiDAR as like a shortcut to neural processing and all that kind of stuff for these like really, really intense calculations you have to make if you're driving a car or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the point is that it's a step towards something that is a tool that's being used with other things like, I mean, in this case, like autofocus. Yeah. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. let's talk about autofocus at night. Like, now we actually know how far away something is and we don't have to have light that's visible to our eyes. Right. Right,
1: and I think to that—that's what I want to—I wanted to unpack here a little bit because we may not be unlocking the potential of lidar yet, right? Um, Most of the things that it's doing are actually kind of these subtle, like make the stuff that you already have now a little bit better, Mm -hmm. but you probably won't recognize it if you're the average user, Um, and if you're not building AR, VR, um, you know, gaming or engineering um mm-hmm. tools, this is maybe not really relevant for you yet. Um, but you talked about it already. The autofocus is one of the core features. Um a dark mode is the as you said or low light photography. Mm-hmm. Um I think you know uh the portrait mode mm-hmm. that the the iPhone mm-hmm. Pro has had for a while. Pretty cool before, but even better now because it says like that face is, you know, three and a half feet away from me and the backgrounds, yeah. 20 feet away, I can really blur out that background, get that nice step field. Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's cool too. When you think about the stuff that's under the hood in a, in a thing like portrait mode, where it's doing what zoom or any of these other, you know, video apps are doing where they're trying to intelligently cut you out. Right. Yeah. And the only way they can do that is by comparing pixels against one another and then running, essentially running it against AI and saying, you know, is this a Part of this person's head or now am i is this a background pixel right 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 and uh and if there are any like actual um portrait mode developers listening to this i apologize for butchering your process <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know it's <laughs> it is it's important to note that with actual you know laser range finding data at your fingertips as much as you can pull that in it everything just gets more accurate and i think that's mm. like you're saying it's really sweetening a lot of these things that were already there now we just have this extra layer of stuff mm. uh, to use this information
1: it's almost and then like... you're and then you're layering that that those pixels over top of mm-hmm. distance data so i know that pixel is closer versus the, the pixel next to it That's interesting
2: it's almost like yeah it's a, it's an onion where with these new technologies we're just pulling back layers at a time to get to potential much more either uh, useful um, useful ways to, to use the technology, maybe three years, four years, five years down the road, but we keep peeling back different aspects of it.
0: Absolutely.
1: So CK, a question for you then, where else does this, I mean, where else does this happen? Like, again, we got LIDAR on our devices. It's, it's incrementally making maybe again, our photography a little bit better Um, has the potential to do some crazy things with spatial environments, augmented reality, which again is super novelty right now but you can see where it's going. Mm-hmm. This happens on a pretty regular basis, right? Even in the products that we work on, the things that we build from you know, enterprise software, there's often that conversation of, should we put this in place, this thing, this feature, this functionality, this API hook, whatever, should we put it in now, knowing it may not get a huge impact today, mm-hmm. but the return on it will be exponential
0: later? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the most interesting pieces of this, that there, you know, we put this in and there are some immediate things we can do with it. It's really cool. Uh, It's fun to show in a demo and everything. But because it is largely a setup for future implementations, I think you're just seeing it's going to be like a net gain for all these different sectors, right? Like whatever's good for depth sensing is good for gaming. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, and whatever, like all these little innovations that come along in one area bump up against something else. And then mm-hmm. uh, like if you, if there's a side, but if you've ever played the game Black Box, uh, that that game, I, think I have, it's an amazing little game. And you can, it, it's just using the available sensors and features of your phone, but it's really pushing you to understand, you know, what does your accelerometer do? What does your gyroscope do? Oh, interesting, yeah. You know, reset this setting. And, you know, and it's just, it's really cool because it's using everything that's already there, but someone actually tapped into every single knob and switch. And I think that's going to be really cool to see, like, how can LiDAR being on all these devices now push the entire industry forward in a lot of these different spaces because now everybody just has this extra bit of information to use. Hmm.
1: I think I, I, you know, the black mirror side of me goes, is it always on? Are they, (laughs) are they scanning? Are they getting a 3d model of the entire world based off of our phones, just sitting around our spaces and, you know, being out in the real world. I mean, I don't know. Ignorance is bliss. Maybe. Um, I, I think there's, there is something really exciting about where being aware of us kind of internally as product people, we can see a future maybe that, that others don't know exists yet, but there are 700 steps to get to that future. Right. It's like uh, my dad, my my dad still brings up to me every time he sees the fact that I get a new iPhone every time it comes out. And he's like one step closer to the tricorder, which if for the nerds out there is the like all encompassing little mini computer that can do everything in star Trek. Right. (laughs) And he's like, we're just increment. that in his mind, sci-fi already figured it out. That is what we will get to. Mm -hmm. We're just incrementally moving towards it. And I think as product people that often is the case, Uh, um, example, MKHD, who is a tech reviewer, um, was reviewing the iPhone 12. And he did this little tiny bit in one of his um, mm-hmm. episodes,
0: which I thought was just... I was hoping you were going to tell the story.
1: Yeah. I mean, he just sees things that people don't because he looks at so many phones and so many devices. And he was pointing out the fact that we have MagSafe now, which is this little magnetic um, uh, power charger on the back. And you can you can magnetize other things to it, like a case or a wallet. Mm-hmm. And he, he's he been making the, the uh, prediction that iPhone over the next couple generations will go portless, meaning there will be no charger port on the bottom, um, no place to plug in your headphones. They already have wireless headphones. But where you run into that being an issue is when you have a third party manufacturer of cases is making a wallet case. Right. Okay, well, how do we get around that? Well, we go ahead and make our own wallet case that's easy to slide off and slide Mm -hmm. back on showing people to use the magnet so that when they remove the the port, they now have the capability to say, "No big deal. Yep. You can still have your wallet. Just slide it on and off with the magnet." And mm-hmm. they're they're thinking again six steps ahead. Yep. Um. Even though the implications of that of having a wallet right now, did they really need to make a magnetized wallet? No. No.
0: Yeah. But they're prepared for the the mm-hmm. the what's coming. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to cause a lot of third party manufacturers to make some magnetic accessories. Oh yeah. And. So now you're going to have this new industry, little like mini market sector that opens up. Like micro innovations are always steps toward solving future problems, right? Right. So, you know, I think in the product space to make it like real applicable to what we do day in and day out, how could we as product people um, talk through potential issues that but not solving them today because that's always the temptation right is like yeah let's solve it in this meeting (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah true you know how do we how do we talk through these potential issues you know the fact that we may want to remove that charging port and Mm. set ourselves up to have a better discussion around that when it comes time to actually solve that problem instead of like right now we have to try and solve it and pave a road and everybody freaks out and they're like what are we going to do instead we go you know what what if we put a magnet on it and then we gave them a way to use the magnet in a really intuitive way. Let it sit for a while. Uh-huh. Everybody gets comfy and then we remove it and everybody goes, Oh, well no big deal. Cause all my accessories now work with this. Right. You know, so how can you kind of set yourself up uh, so, for that future discussion? Those micro
2: innovations, they're not just leading to the future where maybe there's a big reveal of the main point of the innovation, but they also create mm-hmm. new markets in and of themselves. So right. totally. that magnetic, you know, wallet case is it's in still in the market, but it's a little bit different. Um, it's innovative and then it's going to cause everybody else to up their game. And so before you know, you have, yeah, you have all these new markets. And I'm sure if we, you know, brainstorm for five or 10 minutes, there's other probably companies out there that are exist now because it was a new market. Mm-hmm. Um, they maybe even with their MVP started small, but knowing that they were going to have get to the big picture three years, four years down the road, Um, so really the necessity is the mother of, you know, of all innovation, um, they get creating those new markets. That's interesting. Super
0: exciting.
1: I think the difficult thing there though, as product people, as individuals that have to work within constraints, usually budgetary or Mm time-based is making the decision and is weighing those things where you can allow yourself to explore. This is kind of one of the principles I've been thinking about is exploration and creation. Allow yourself to explore the future and even prepare for it. But then when you come back to create or build or make, you still need to be thinking about the now, like what is what is functional, what is usable, what is pleasurable now today that will that will be setting in the steps for us to get incrementally into that. And you may find out, you know what? going to keep a port. We're just going to leave it. It was just less less work. And maybe we thought it was going to go that route, but we decided not to, and that's okay. Like you can pivot off that path, but, but thinking, thinking about the future, this is kind of like goal setting, long-term, near near near-term goal setting. It's like goal long-term goal setting usually is inaccurate. (laughs) Like you set a goal for three to five years down the road, more than likely it's going to look anything like that. (laughs) Um, but by setting a goal down the road, it puts you, points you in a direction to say, let's incrementally start moving that direction. And if we decide to pivot, change, or you know adjust course, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so I think this is something I think we're watching in, in the new iPhone Pro. And I think they've done it probably a thousand times, and we just didn't notice. But I thought the LiDAR was interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I get a little bit better fo- photo, uh, photography. Um, but then thinking about where would that go?
0: Well, mm. I mean, there's still talk of Apple glasses. Uh, oh, you know, why having, is it not here yet? I mean, having lidar in your pocket would be pretty cool to know how. If I mean, I could imagine a world where you use something like a Google cardboard, but mm-hmm. you're using an iPhone that has a lidar sensor. So you you're you're not like measuring your room anymore. Right. You're actually like for you know to use VR, you measure out your safe zone, and I mean, or maybe you could set it on a stand and use it like an Xbox Connect, and it's doing you know Mm -hmm. depth sensing in your room and isolating you off the background for volumetric video or like there's so many things that you could do yeah and you know again this is just democratizing the entire ecosystem of like access to a technology and making it so everybody has it and now the engineers and the product people and everything get to actually build with it and we'll see pretty soon i think like the little inklings are the little areas where someone starts poking into it, and everybody goes, "Oh, yeah, we could use."
1: Oh, that. I didn't even consider mm-hmm. that. Well, and okay, I wonder how much a...
0: Apple puts it out there to say, "Hey, hey,
1: world, play with this," mm-hmm. and then we're going to watch mm-hmm. you play with it, mm-hmm. and then oh, yeah. as you come up with something, we'll commercialize it. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> right. that's that's interesting. You said that, CK, about democratizing tech because what they're doing is, um, as they watch individuals and other companies use the same technology. Because we just got done talking about um, planning for the future, holding it with you know holding it loosely, not mm-hmm. necessarily you know putting it in stone. those incremental innovations. Um, opening it up to other companies, you might be the first mover in letting the technology out or finding a, a cool way to for the masses to use it. But mm-hmm. then other companies are going to latch on like, well, we could use it here. Oh, so you yeah. might go, find yourself being not the first mover, but the second mover. But that's okay, because then now you're going to piggyback off what they did yep. and take it a different direction. And it's almost like a back and forth micro in- innovation that gets to a point to where, uh, again, it just opens up new possibilities. 100%.
0: Okay.
1: Well, wrapping up, I think this is actually something very exciting and an idea I want to continue to explore because I think watching what Apple's doing, where Dan, exactly what you said, you're opening up to the world, seeing how the world reacts with it. As we start thinking about people, a product and, and people utilizing the, the platforms, the tools, the existing frameworks. I mean, we do that a lot with open source and then also setting goals for where we think the future of our products are going to go and incrementally moving that way. Um, that gets me very excited. And hopefully if you're listening, that gets you excited about what you guys can be doing with your products. CK, thanks for, for the insight, the, the knowledge bombs today. Absolutely. Mm. Thanks for having me on. Dan, always good chatting with you. Mm.
2: Loved it, CK. I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> you're making me think there's a lot going on there. There's awesome. Thanks
0: guys. See you thanks, next
2: guys. time. See you.
0: This episode of People of Product was produced by Larissa McCarty, with support from Gabby Caton, Julie Branson, and Alexa Alfonso. Our hosts are George Brooks and Daniel Linhart. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe that creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us. Cheers.